Happy December, everyone, and welcome back to my podcast, Grab It Quick News. This is my last episode of the season, and it's also the last podcast episode of the decade. We are closer and closer to the new year and the new century. For some of us, this is the last week of December where we will be at work until the new year. So congrats on that. Hopefully we are avoiding the hustle and bustle and have everything we need to make this holiday season merry and bright. For those of you just tuning in, this is my second season of Grab It Bazaar Sex News. I want to give a big thanks and a big shout out to everyone who is making this possible. The listeners, my friends, my fans, every single one of you. I appreciate the letters that you have wrote me and I appreciate the DMs and the voice records. I appreciate all of that. I am so, so, so thankful for you. So, all right, let's get started. A gentle reminder, if you are not 18 or older, you should not be listening to this without your parents' consent. Let's get it. So like my last episode, I'm going to do this one a little differently. I'm going to be talking about a story that is close to my heart. It is called Swope USA, S-W-O-P-U-S-A. The Swope stands for Sex Workers Outreach Project in the United States of America. So I enjoy talking about this because I feel like The more we talk about it, the more traction it will get. And the more traction it will get, the more mainstream media coverage will get. And the more mainstream media coverage will get, the less stigma um, we'll have around it. So Sex Workers Outreach Project USA, it is a national social justice network dedicated to the fundamental human rights of people involved in the sex trade and their communities. It focuses on ending violence and stigma through education and advocacy. On the national level, SWOPE helps build stronger communities and a stronger movement through technical assistance, funding, and direct support and advocacy. On a local level, their chapters address structural, cultural, and interpersonal violence individuals in the sex trade face by working to change attitudes, change policies, and to create alternative community-led systems of support. The Sex Worker Outreach Project was founded in 2003 in the Bay Area with its first major action being the Coordination of International Day to End Violence Against Sex Workers, which is a global vigil that continues to be a cornerstone of SWOPE's awareness-raising work. Since its founding, hundreds of individual activists have engaged in local SWOPE chapters and national projects geared towards educating the public and policymakers on the direct and institutional harms committed against sex workers and their communities. SWOPE promotes decriminalization as the best means of decreasing harm and promoting agency among people in the sex trade. SWOPE adopts the principles and practices of nonviolent action in order to reduce violence and achieve dignity and rights for sex workers. SWOPE is committed to the respect, the safety, and the autonomy of all sex workers, and it seeks to amplify the voices of those who are often left out of discourse around the issues we address collectively as a social justice movement. 
what they do, the commu- they have a community support line which operates volunteer staffed. It's a warm line where current and former sex workers, as well as activists and other people who are seeking peer support, can access direct support. You can call the number, which is 877 776 2004. We also have media where Swope responds to pressing news items affecting our sex worker communities by issuing press releases and statements. We connect local and national media contacts with members of our Swope network to speak to issues affecting sex workers today. Swopes maintains active social media, circulate toolkits, and broadcast webinars to educate the public and increase the capacity of sex workers' rights advocates. To see our media impact, you should click Swopes USA Advocacy link. On a national level, Swopes has developed and are acting upon their 2016 through 2018 advocacy agenda, which was a document that outlines priorities set by our by the local chapters. Swopes helps to facilitate interorganization research, campaigns, and projects. Swopes support local advocacy efforts by providing resources, funding, signal boosting, and making connections with people engaged in similar work in other parts of the country. Swopes funding is offering fiscal sponsorship to their chapters and other local sex worker-led initiatives. Mentoring and leadership development is also available. They mentor and provide support to new organizers and initiatives directly and through online resources and peer-to-peer discussions. You can access SWOPE's resources, learn about starting a chapter or a project, and connect with them through their website, SWOPEUSA.com. Swope's shared infrastructure and communications is where they maintain media lists, website newsletters, and webinar software, as well as social media that chapters can utilize in their work to amplify the activism. In particular, they bottom line coordination of day to end violence against sex workers and help new chapters and grassroots projects access toolkits to coordinate responses and take action in their region. Every December 17th is end violence against sex workers day so help us in the stigma and decriminalization of sex work how by getting involved just become an educated ally go to swopesusa.com and just read up on it so i'm going to give you guys some sex worker statistics did you know that as a sex worker if i go anywhere in the world i have a 45 to 75 percent chance of experiencing sexual violence at some point in my career and a 32 to 55 percent chance of experiencing sexual violence in any given year of my life one in five police reports of sexual assault from any emergency room in america is filed by a sex worker the stigma increases the violence As a sex worker, I would not be protected by the rape shield law. As a sex worker, if I was to be raped, I would be ineligible for any rape victim compensation, any funds, or to receive any reduced amounts. The judges, the police, and jurors are often biased against sex workers. The majority of sex workers who report sexual violence are arrested when they report the violence, including trafficking to police. (music) 
now it is the second half of my podcast where I answer questions or letters from my fans. Today, we're doing it a little different. Instead of advice, I'm actually have the floor open for you guys to just ask me anything you like. And some of you have had some really good questions. I see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, but we'll probably only do about five or six because I hate to bore you guys. And I know I'm probably not boring, but it's a thing I have in my mind where I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I'm out of time, I'm out of time. <laughs> All right, so let's get started. The first question is, how does your family feel about your adult film career? Hmm, how does my family feel about my adult career? Well, I will say this. When I first got in it, I had a lot of reservations about it because I was really afraid that people would think that I was some slutty hoe. But the truth was people already thought that of me. People had already put me in a box of what they thought that I was. So when I would tell people, you know, I'm going to be an adult film star. Yeah, right. Hi, whatever you would thought. And I get that because a lot of people say that and they end up never going through with it. But I have this vision that, no, I'm going to go through with it and I'm going to be the biggest one I can possibly be. You know what I mean? Like I really wanted it. And I read this book um, called The Four Agreements. It's my favorite book. And I had read it on a plane ride to my first shoot with Reality Kings. And I remember where, you know, it gives you five agreements that you do. You know, you don't take anything personal. You do your best, no more, no less. It has all these agreements and I live by them. So when I got to, um, don't take anything personal because that idea that people have of you, it's their idea. It's not really you. It really gave me an aha moment. And I remember contacting my eldest sister and I told her, you know, sissy, I just have to live my truth. And she was like, what the hell are you talking about? Because this is <laughs> me randomly calling her. So she doesn't even know what's going on. She doesn't know I've read this book and that I've had this moment. And I said, I just have to live my truth. I said, and my truth is adult film right now. I said, I feel like in my bones that if I do this, I could end up being successful in it. And I need to know that I have support. And my sister said, you know, you have, you know, the support of it. So I felt a weight off my shoulder, like, oh my God, you know, my, my, one of my mentors, my big sister, she is, you know, okay with this. So then after I do the shoot with Reality Kings and that went beautifully and I did a couple more shoots there, I went home and me and my dad were sitting down and he said, what were you doing in California? You know, and I, you know, dad, uh, I don't know, you know, trying to, <laughs> you know, dodge it a little bit, uh, you know, and then I, and then I told him, I said, well, dad, you know, I'm making really good money. I'm providing for myself. I said, and I just have, you know, a gift for a thing. And I don't know, you know, a lot of people wouldn't really like it. And my dad said, you are a grown woman. He said, you have been responsible. You have lived your life the way that you wanted to. He said, 
All I want is for you to be happy. And whatever you choose to do with your life, you do it to the best of your ability. You rock that motherfucker until the wheels fall off. And that's exactly what my daddy said was rock that motherfucker until the wheels fall off. And I felt like, oh my God, I'm, I'm good now. I can do it. And then at one point, <laughs> my mom would open my mail. Sometimes I would get royalty checks. My mom would open my mail. So she knew, you know, and she'd say, oh, I, and I'd say, well, deposit in your account. And we keep going. So I say that for the most part, my parents and my family are very understanding and they know that this is my path. They know that I'm not addicted to crack. I'm not in TMZ. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, you know, having any kind of weird scandals. I haven't OD'd. So they know that my career choice has actually probably paid off and has been a blessing for me. So they worry about me in that respect because Again, they're civilians, so they don't really know all the details that goes into what I do for a living. They don't know about me producing it, directing it, starring in it, writing the script. They don't know about that. So I just try to make sure that they understand the advocacy part of it, that yes, I am an adult film star, but the reason that I do it for the most part now is to kind of be an example for any other adult film star who looks like me or feels like me and they feel like the girls that they see on the big screen don't really represent them. So, you know, they're getting the hang of it. And I think, you know, Cardi B has helped a lot. Megan Thee Stallion has helped a lot. You know what I mean? Like seeing them do all of that and kind of like, oh, well, that's what my baby do. That's what, that's what Jessica do, you know? So they're pretty cool with it. Thanks so much for the question. So we'll move on to the next one, which is how do you schedule your time? Oh my goodness. How do I schedule my time? My team will tell you I schedule my time like a penny pincher. I believe that time is the only thing of value. Time is the one thing you cannot get back. You can get money back. You can get shoes back. You can get a new hairstyle back. You can even get that body back. But time, you cannot get back. So usually my schedule i have a planner that i live by um i have a yearly planner and when i first got it it was just kind of like a dream planner you know what i mean like i didn't really have a lot of shit going on but i was like if i write it it's gonna come down you know what i mean so um when i first started no i was not scheduled but i was scheduled enough but you know and then once i got into the hang of it i live by this planner and it is pretty good. So I'll just read, um, let me see. I'll, I'll read a Friday the 13th, what I did. Okay. So Friday the 13th, it was, um, where I drank two, four, six, eight. I have how many things, how many cups of water I drink. I drank three out of the eight, so don't judge me. Um, then I had to waste train for four hours. And I have where I have two hours in the a.m., two hours in the p.m. Yes, I schedule that. Then I have three things that I am thankful for. Every morning on my schedule, I write three things that I'm thankful for. Friday the 13th, I was thankful for my home. I was thankful for my life. And I was thankful for my family. 
So then after that, we go on to the asterisks, which are, I needed to upload my Christmas triple X clips to all of my sites, which was AVN stars, Twitter, Model Centro, clips for sale. Then I also had to upload the Christmas teaser. And then I put Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and Vero. Then another asterisk I have where I have to write um, four hours and I section my writing off. That's how I'm able to get some of that done. And then on that as well, underneath I have a feature Friday. That is where every Friday in December I am featuring young upcoming African-American talent or people of color. Um, And I picked Dark Angel and Andrew Zander. So that was my Friday. So if you look at my schedule, that is generally how I do it. I have how many cups of water I've taken. I have what I'm thankful for. And then I have everything I need to do on social media. I have all my promotions lined up. I have all of that stuff because you have to be organized if you want to be successful and you want to be consistent. Some people say, oh, I don't need a schedule, I'll be fine. And some people say scheduling is the only way for me. Um, I do notice when I don't use my schedule, my life gets a little more sticky because I forget things. Like, oh, I had a photo shoot today. Oh no, I canceled that photo shoot. I moved that to Thursday, but I don't have my schedule. So I don't know, you know what I mean? So I enjoy having a schedule just because it keeps me on the straight and narrow. And also you can always look back at your schedule and you can always um, see what you had going on, you know? Like, oh, this was a busy month or, oh, this wasn't a busy enough month. Maybe next year I can move some of these projects if it's like a continuing long-term project. I can move them from March to April and split those things up. But yes, I do have a schedule and I keep it very concise. So thank you for that question. We will move on to the next question. The next question is, name a time in your life where you felt like giving up and you didn't. Hmm. I would say in my adult film career, when I first started, a lot of people don't know, it took me about a year to even get to Hollywood. And I kept running into a lot of bad characters um, where I'm an agent and I'll tell you, hey, I'm an agent, send me some pictures and I'm, you know, and being green and stupid, you do. Um, Well, if you could do this, you know, and I actually had an agent tell me straight up if I could lose, you know, 30 pounds, he would send me and I lost the 30 pounds and he did not send me. So that was heartbreaking. Also had um, found out one guy wasn't even an agent. He was the agent's assistant and was just getting girls to send him pictures. (laughs) So that was crazy. But um, even when I got into it, I remember going to California and I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm, you know, the healthiest I've ever been. I'm the skinniest. I'm the slimmest. My hair is on point. My nails are on point. I've got the personality. I've got the pizzazz. And I would go in with the go-sees and some of them would make you feel really bad about it. You know, turn to the side, turn to the side. Oh, that your butt is really big. Do you know your measurements? And then you say your measurements. And at the time I was a 36, my ass is a 38 now. So you can imagine, but I was a 36 
cupcakes at the time. And I remember one person like, oh, that's a big, you know, that's a big ghetto booty. And I was like, is it a ghetto booty? Because like I'm under 160 pounds, you know what I mean? And then, of course, um, the favorite line they would give me was, girl, you would have got so much work had this been the 70s. So much work. So that let me know that I was too dark too ethnic looking because they said that quite a lot and I would just feel like oh my god is there something wrong with me and then it got to a point where I remember going out to dinner with some folks and one of them just told me straight up that I needed to get a nose job if I wanted to make it in porn I needed to get a nose job and I needed to stay as skinny as I possibly could no matter what So that I was devastated. I was like, okay, so I got to change who I am. And I had battled so hard in my younger life with my nose, with my skin color. And then to have that brought up again, you know, I think anybody else, they would have felt like, oh my God, I'm going to have to fuck these people up. And I didn't really feel like that. I felt like, oh my God, I'm going to have to change these people's minds. I'm going to have to show them that this is beautiful because it is beautiful. I am beautiful and fuck whatever they're talking about. It had even gotten to a point where I was dating somebody and him and his friends sat down and told me the reason they don't date black women. In California, when you are an African-American woman and when you are as dark as I am, and I'm going to be honest, I'm not even that dark. I'm Coco on the on the makeup spectrum. So go to Walgreens, CVS or wherever and look up Coco and you're going to be like, damn, Jessica, you're not that dark. I'm not. But for Hollywood, if you are not light bright, if you're not caramel, they make you feel like you are way too dark. You can be dark if you're really skinny, but you can't be dark. You can't have your natural hair and you can't have a big nose and you can't be an average weight. That's a big no-no, you know. So I stayed there for, you know, almost a year and I just realized, you know, all the shit they're doing, I could do this shit on my own. I don't need them. And so I started to do it on my own. And I had a lot of doors slammed in my face and I had a lot of heartache and a lot of, oh my God, am I doing this wrong? You know, and I had a lot of days where I didn't make any money. And it had got to a point in my life where I was like, I'm going to give up. I'm going to close the door on Jessica Grabbit and I'm going to be okay. Because Jessica Grabbit, obviously the world is not treating Jessica Grabbit right. I had almost closed down my Twitter account, almost closed down my accounts. And a friend of mine, God rest his soul, he died from a drunk driver accident. Um, His name was Puff of Tricked Out Magazine. And before he died, um, he told me, and I was working um, a civilian job, I won't tell you which one, but I do have a degree. So I was working and he said, Jessica, you are one of the most creative, most talented adult film stars I've seen in a while. That is African-American. He said, and I know that if you don't give up, you will be really big and you'll make it and people will love you. He said, you just can't give up. He said, there's not too many girls like you. He said, and then you got to think about the other girls who may want to come after you. And I hadn't really thought about it like that. For me, I had thought, okay, well, I'm supposed to be at a certain level in my life. But 
then I started talking to people and they're like, girl, there's no such thing as a certain level of success. Success is just like sex education. It is a constant ongoing conversation with yourself as to define what is successful. And once that hit me, it was like, well, damn, I have, I have been successful because I did shoot some films, you know, with Hollywood and, and I am making my own stuff. And hey, you know what? It did get uploaded here. And I do have multiple sites. And, and then I started getting that self-confidence and, you know, unfortunately, maybe two weeks later, you know, my friend died, but I feel like the, it had, he never gave me that, the advice that he gave me, I probably would have given up because I was in that place. Like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? But yeah, so that goes to show you don't ever give up. Cause right when you think I'm going to give up, I'm going to give up. Boom. Your breakthrough happens. Thanks for the question. The next question, Jessica, what type of guys do you like? Ooh, what kind of guys do I like? Ooh, ooh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hmm. This is going to be weird. It's going to probably sound weird. I don't have like a specific type. Like I like, I like chunky guys. I like skinny guys. You know what I mean? I like black guys. I like Asian guys. I like white guys. I like Mexican guys. I just like guys. If you have manners, if you have financial stability, if you have conversation and some swag, hey, you get at me. You know what I mean? I don't have any. He has to have a six pack. He has to be obsessed with da 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 da. We have to watch Walking Dead together. Meh, 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 meh. Not that kind of girl. I like guys who like me. And as long as I feel appreciated, I feel loved, I feel that same energy that I'm giving, and it's a good reciprocation, we got a good vibe, I am all down for it. I'm just not that kind of girl. I don't judge people because I have been judged all my life. So I tried not to be a judgy bitch. But sometimes I can be a judgy bitch. But it's usually fun judgy bitch. It's not, you know, craziness. I digress. But yes, those are the type of guys. Short Guys, yes, I will date a short guy. A guy with a micro penis, I don't know. I've never dated a guy with a micro penis. So I don't even know if they really exist. I feel like it's like a like great white buffalo from Hot Tub Time Machine, like the micro penis. Like I feel like I should, me and some homegirls should like go in search of the guy with the micro penis to find out if it's real or not. But I mean, if he has a great personality and millions of dollars, sure, why not? Um, a guy who is older than me, I guess the thing is older guys have swag. Like I don't mind dating guys older than me. I mind dating guys who are younger than me, like super younger than me, where I got to show them how to shave their nuts or, you know what I mean? You got to show them what to do with their life. I don't want that. I want you just right in your life. I need you to know how to take care of yourself. I need you to know how to take care of me. I need you to know how life really works. And I need you to be goal oriented. I also need you to be positive because there's sometimes guys who are goal oriented, but they're not positive. They're just like, I'm crushing these fucking goals. And you're like, oh my God, I don't want this. So for me, I just, you know, love a positive guy, a spiritual guy. But as far as looks, I don't have any looks. Like he don't got to look like a certain cat to be, you know what I mean? Because that's the whole point point of gifts, you know? The, the wrapping is just the wrapping. It's always the inside that counts. Oh, you know, player, player. <laughs> okay, all right. So next question. All right. What does 2020 hold for Jessica Gravit? Books, podcast, and porn. Oh, well, you just gonna put porn out there, sir? 
sir sure no um what does 2020 hold for jessica grabbit hmm i don't know if a lot of you know this but i like i just said about you know giving up i was about to retire so now that um i've had a lot of importing of letters from different females from all over the world and i think that's been the biggest thing for me right now is i'm getting all of this mail from females and males from all over the world telling me that you know i'm a role model please i don't want to be a role model but if i am you know i appreciate that and you know i get to hear that you know because of you i'm going to get to do you know and i want to thank you don't give up so hearing that kind of stuff, it just makes me want to go harder for Teen Grab It. Um, as you guys know, my book, Medusa the Awakening, won eighth place in the TBK Netflix um, book contest on Wattpad. It is currently in the Amazon pin to publish contest, which is a contest that... Um, recognizes literary excellence in self-publishing that's your girl over here yeah 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 no <laughs> i couldn't help it y'all i couldn't um and with that pin to publish you get 28 grand if you win in your movie and your book excuse me becomes a movie exclusive to amazon prime and i would love for medusa to do that so i'm sending positive juju out there medusa is book number nine ladies and gentlemen we're on book number nine and we will probably have more and more books coming um i have a really dirty book i just found that i transcribed guys this book is dirty dirty i don't even know where I got this, you know what I'm saying? Like I opened the notebook, I read it, read it again. I was like, well, it's in my handwriting. So it must be me kind of shit. But look out for that one. I don't have a title. I also have another part two of the Ugly Duckling that I'm working on, as well as working with Amazon for audiobooks. If you know anybody who can record audiobooks with a great voice, please let me know. Um... What does 2020 hold for the podcast? Well, this is the last episode of the season, and I think you guys are really enjoying it, and I've been enjoying it as well. It's just that lately, I haven't had the time, but now that I do, I think that um, I could probably do this for an, another couple years, you know what I mean? I don't have a problem with it. I think you guys have been a wonderful audience. I think you guys have made me feel so comfortable and so at ease being able to answer these questions for you and just to get to be myself. You guys get to, I guess, learn a little bit about me and what you know matters to my heart because a lot of these stories that I pick... Um, I pick them because they are funny and they're quirky, like the vicar who got the potato stuck up his ass. That, you can't make that shit up. But I do it also because... I want to make sure that I'm doing my part as, you know, an adult film actress, which is educating the public about sex and about sex practices and about some of the things that are going on that we may not be privy to because it's sex related and the news feels the need to kind of muzzle those kind of stories. So I really appreciate you guys for sticking around and listening to that. Um, what does 2020 hold for JG with porn? Well, I've been in some discussions with my team about possibly starting to shoot other girls as far as just individual photos, video shoots, stuff like that. Also, um, 
doing some affiliate work, um, maybe doing some calendar shoots and stuff like that. Um, but for the most part, I guess just getting better and better with my craft until you guys say no more Jessica grab it because that's really what has been keeping me is the motivation that I get from you guys that is all of our questions it's all the time we have for the questions guys so thank you so much for asking these questions i hope that i answered them to the best of my ability if you have another question just let me know and i will put it on the other podcast well that's all the time we have for this episode thanks again for rocking with team grab it remember be good or be good at it Until next time, bye.